CT-7567, do you have a malfunction in your design? You've pulled your forces back from taking the capital city. The enemy now has control of this route. This entire operation has been compromised because of your failure! General Krell, in case you haven't noticed, Captain Rex just saved this platoon. Surely you won't fail to recognize that. Arc 5555, stand down. Sir, yes, sir. Sir, if I may address your accusation, I followed your orders, even in the face of a plan that was, in my opinion, severely flawed. A plan that cost us men, not clones, men! As sure as it is my duty to remain loyal to your command, I also have another duty to protect those men. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Uto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to Send in the Clones! In this episode, Anakin Rex at the 501st conduct a successful landing operation on Umbara. But when Anakin is recalled by Palpatine, his troops soon find that his replacement, General Krell, has a very different style of command. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Anakin to my Rex. It's your trusty pal Robbie. Hello, everyone. And we are about to talk about the 73rd episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's written by Matt McNavitz and it's directed by Stuart Lee. And it's season 4, episode 7, Darkness on Umbara. So Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about Darkness on Umbara before you rewatched it again this week. Well, this is the introduction of Krell. This is one of those arcs that especially on a second watch or a third watch or whatever, this is one you look forward to. This arc is is one of those that people talk about as being one of the reasons to watch The Clone Wars. So I was always looking forward to this episode. And Corell is just an amazing character, whatever you think about him. So it's one of those that, yeah, I was really, really looking forward to seeing and was happy to watch it again. Master Pong Corell, a basilisk, just like Dexter Jester, from Dex's Diner, and he's immediately a very striking presence. For one thing, he's massive, just like Dex, and I guess well, that's just how Basilisk males at least are. And, I mean, have we seen another Basilisk apart from Dex before this point? Not that I'm aware, no. So he's massive, he has those mean, sinister eyes. The fact that he's a Basilisk means that he has those four arms, and he uses those four arms, or at least two of them, to wield two double-bladed lightsabers. So, aside from Grievous, this is the most amount of blades you can fight. If you're fighting this guy, you're fighting a lot of blades. I think they do an awesome job right from the beginning at making this guy seem uber formidable. And I don't know if the right word for it is it's telegraphed, but you know that he's going to be trouble. And the fact that he is so massive and so formidable looking, I was even a little bit scared for Anakin, even though Anakin's not in this episode. I was thinking, if stuff goes bad and Anakin has to deal with this guy, you know, I was even thinking that would probably hurt because he also reminded me of Savage. Remember how Obi-Wan and Anakin tried to take on Savage and Savage kind of effortlessly blew them back? This guy's like the size and brutality of Savage, but seems super well-trained, far more well-trained than Savage, and 
has more blades. I mean, he's terrifying, Robbie. Yeah, he's definitely uh, an imposing character. I think what's interesting about him is that when, at least for me, you know, first time I'm watching it, I've always been a fan of Dex, right, from episode two. I've just been, I've always thought he was just an interesting character. I loved his his performance, the, the actor's performance in that movie. So as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, cool. We haven't seen one of these, uh, this race of alien. We haven't seen one of these. As a Jedi, it's even more interesting. Okay, I'm really, really into this. And then when it turns out that he's, uh, he doesn't care about clones and sees them as basically pieces of meat. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of an interesting, uh, it's just an interesting character, you know, and an, an interesting way to go, especially for a Jedi. I mean, this guy has a different point of view, and it's just really an interesting way to, to introduce him into the series to immediately show his disdain and for any kind of, you know, look, this is my way or the highway, and this is the way it is. And if you don't, you know what I mean? I just, he's just an interesting character, and it's, it's an interesting problem to solve. So, yeah. One of the ways they set up that contrast in his character from other Jedi's that we've seen before, and especially Anakin, of course, is that in that opening battle, Anakin takes advice from Rex to get off that ridge. Anakin says, yeah, good idea, Rex, we should. And he, they follow it, and it turns out Rex was right. And so when Krell has no respect for the clone's point of view, I mean, especially Rex's point of view, it really puts him in contrast to Anakin. So that's just solid storytelling from the start. And another way that they establish Krell as a formidable and potentially antagonistic force is the way that he is just a hard nut. He's a hard driving commander in a way we haven't seen from any other Jedi before. And in Citadel Rescue, you notice that a real good way to get things done faster would be not to dawdle everywhere. And Master Krell is of the same mind as you as we see when he tells the battalion to chop chop and get a move on when they're asking for a rest and to make camp. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's just kind of funny because, I mean, he's been on the planet for five minutes and he already knows the best way to attack this situation. It's one of those where you're just like, what are his motivations here? And it's funny because, you know, even when you look at some of the commanders in World War II, some of them had the same mindset. It's almost like you throw numbers at a specific problem and they will break through eventually. And it's just, that's the way it is. Some of them are definitely looking at it more of a strategic way in in that it's not just about numbers attacking in a specific spot. It's about maybe going at it from different directions and, and attacking weaknesses. He's definitely got his way. And we find out very quickly that uh, it's maybe not the best way, but he's the one in charge. So it depends on your, your point of view. I mean, do you break the rules? Do you follow the rules? I mean, it's it just, there's so many interesting ways to look at this episode. Not only the way that he attacks a situation, but the way that Rex looks at him, the way that Fives looks at him. I mean, there's so many ways to be heroic. Are you heroic in following orders? Are you in heroic in saving your brother's lives? And it's such an interesting quandary, and it brings up so many interesting questions in this episode, or on this whole arc, really. And one of the smart things that Matt Mcnevich does is he kind of writes a ticking clock into the mission. So when Krell refuses to go along with any of these alternative plans, his justification is that they don't have time, that the rest of the mission is depending on their part of the mission. And so in some way, he has a justification for doing what he's doing. Another smart thing they do is that right at the end, when Rex's decisions work out well, he gives Rex credit to a certain extent. And I was expecting harsher consequences for Rex not following his plans 100%. And the fact that he doesn't bring the hammer down on Rex 
you know, sets him out as not just 100% an antagonist, you feel like, okay, maybe he's not all bad. Maybe he is just a hard nut. You know, maybe he's just a hard driving man. And they also, they set up that his own methods have been successful in the past, you know. So there's these things that they bring in where he's not just a cartoonish bad guy. And I mean, I hate to keep going back to what something I didn't like about Trespass, which, you know, which was an episode I liked, but the way that Chairman Chicho was so antagonistic he became cartoonish they don't make that mistake with Krell and so Krell feels like he has extra dimensions yeah I mean it's interesting that Krell is one of those characters that in a way you have to I mean at this point we have to believe that since he does get results he's got to be a good general you know we know as much as the clones do at this point so we are I guess hopeful that he's going to be as effective as we've heard him to be you know i mean if he's got a, a reputation with the other clones you know especially some of the leadership you would have to think that he knows what he's doing so there's that point where you have to you know give him a little bit of your trust but yeah i mean that's what's so interesting about his character is that you know as soon as rex goes back at him kind of hard he gives him a little bit of respect he even doesn't call him by his clone designation he actually calls him rex at that point so you kind of think oh okay well maybe that's it maybe sometimes you know you have to go at somebody a little hard for them to respect you so i think that maybe uh you know hey this could be okay but i mean it's just uh this whole episode is just wow there's so much happening in this episode it's, it's crazy and one of the things that happens in this episode is that we get to meet jesse again and kicks of course the medic and Hardcase is there too. And he provides some kind of badass comic relief with his fearlessness and with his massive gun. And that's kind of welcome in this episode that is super, super tense for a lot of reasons. I mean, for one thing, this environment feels really hostile. Not just that it's dark, but the sinister glowing vegetation. And then, of course, the Umbarans have these creepy little creepy crawly electrocution droids that they're dropping out there i mean just the environment itself seems hostile and which kind of gives it that feeling of a vietnam movie i mean even the y-wing attack it looks straight out of a vietnam film you know when it drops the bombs on that ridge how did you like just how sinister and formidable the environment is in this episode i mean this is one of those where you can definitely tell that they are firing on all cylinders on this episode. The visuals are so amazing that it's sort of hard for me to even think about picking a best shot of the episode. I mean, how do you even pick one? I mean, from the AI, or not AI, is it? It's the Minority Report droids. Yeah. I mean, that that's what it reminded me of. And, and uh, even the, the Embarans themselves, they kind of have this almost Mars Attacks kind of look to them with the big bubble you know, even though they're not skulls inside, but you know what I mean? They just have a, a very interesting look and, and the way the camera moves, the way that everything, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, but dangerous atmosphere that we've find our clones in. I mean, it's just, uh, it really is one of these episodes that's just like, it's just top notch. I just realized uh, Medici was an Umbaran. I never put that together. Because when you put out, when you said that Mars Attacks thing, because... I thought they looked very humanoid. They didn't look like the Mazatex aliens. Well, just the design of the helmets, the way the helmets are. It just kind of reminded me of Mars Attacks, especially when you don't get a good look at them at first. Once you get some closer shots of them, you, you see who they are. But, you know, from far away, you're kind of like, wow, that's weird. It kind of looks like Mars Attacks in a way. I didn't get that. I was actually had a note here that they it looks like they're fighting humans, you know, which is the, I mean, they've fought 
organic creatures before, but one of my notes was, holy moly, they're fighting other humans. And, you know, we met Medici in the Senate episodes. He was the senator that was killed in Senate murders by Lolo. Yeah, I guess I just didn't realize that that he was in Baran. And it's just the way that they looked, you know, kind of far away. You know, you don't really see who they are. And it, they kind of have these big bubble helmets. So it kind of re- just reminded me of the design of Bard's attacks. But then you get close and you realize, oh, these are humanoid type characters. It does add a different feel to the episode. And of course, one of the other things that our heroes are fighting in this episode is about halfway through, we get another dose of our heroes being carried away by flying things and I mean we don't need to go into this again about how terrifying it would be to be carried away by flying things but there are these banshees up there as an added complication shall we say I mean this place you know this is the thing we go back to was where are we going on our Star Wars galaxy vacation we're not going to Embarra I don't think Robbie no, I don't think so no this is not a place I'd like to go this place is just full of danger And of course, in addition to the environment itself being brutal, just the fighting is super brutal. The early part of the episode actually harked back to landing at Point Rain for me, although it's not quite as brutal. It doesn't feel like they take as many losses doing the landing, which, you know, makes sense considering that landing in Point Rain is basically 22 minutes of battle just to get to the landing point, whereas in this episode, it's the first, I don't know, six, seven minutes. But the fact that this is at night and then this hardcore environment, it makes it feel just as terrifying a mission. But part of that landing sequence, of course, and maybe we should get to our favorite shots of the episode so I don't bite one of yours, Robbie. Let's just do that. Let's get to the favorite shots of the episode now because I was about to bring up one from the beginning that looks really sweet. So what was your favorite shot of Darkness on Umbara? Well, I have to say, like I said before, I mean, these, this whole episode is full of what I would consider to be shots of the episode. I mean, they're just insanely cool and the way the camera moves and things like that. But mine's actually a character moment. And it's one of those moments that is so telling, but we just don't get to see this kind of thing very much. So it's my favorite shot of the episode, and it's after Krell arrives. He's talking with Rex, and of course Rex is like, well, you know, we should do this or whatever. And he's like, basically saying, you're not here to suggest things. You're here to follow orders and all that stuff. And as he walks off, one of the other clones who's out of tension kind of looks at Rex and kind of tilts his head down like, like, what the heck is this guy? I loved that little bit of characterization. It made me laugh because it was so... It's exactly what, you know, was in my head was like, okay, what is going on here? It's my favorite shot of the episode because without saying anything, it says so much. But I will say, any shot from this whole episode, you could probably argue that it's the most amazing shot of the episode as far as like camera work or effects or anything like that. It's just an amazing episode. Yeah, seeing the way the clones react unfavorably to Krell is one of the most fun things in the episode. And the way that it puts Rex kind of between a rock and a hard place because his job is to keep the men motivated and to look after his men. But at the same time, he's dealing with a commander who doesn't seem too interested in how his men are doing. So the way that Rex's men are looking at him and you know, speaking to him really puts Rex in a super interesting position. Yeah, it's the first time we've ever seen Rex in that kind of position. I mean, we learn more about Rex in this episode than I think we probably ever have because you see his motivations and what he cares about and what he wants. And it's just wonderful to see that they are allowing that kind of thing to happen. Yeah, I'd put this one right up there next to Deserter as an episode that really reveals a lot about who Rex is and what is important to Rex. But my favorite shot of the episode is also 
character moment and it's also a Krell moment and it also involves one of the clones and that's Master Krell igniting his fat green lightsaber right next to Fives' head. That's one of the most arresting shots of the entire series so far. A Jedi Master trying to intimidate a clone trooper like that. That really has a way of getting one's attention. So that was my shot of the episode, just as something that I never thought I would see in the series. I mean, you should never really think that way because anything can happen. But what I was going to mention before and that I didn't want to mention just in case it was your shot of the episode. And this goes back to what you've mentioned before about, I guess, the volumetric lighting and what have you. The dropships with their lights blaring through the Umbara mists as they come in just super beautiful and Elbara part of what makes it such a terrifying environment is that it's all dark deep purpley gray silhouettes of this octopus like vegetation with deep red glowing bioluminescence I guess it is it's very cool very spooky very unnerving do you have any other shots you wanted to uh, highlight or I don't have any other shots specifically but I just find it interesting that that whole section where Five speaks up and then Krell comes right at him. I had that moment down too, as like just as a note that I, well, something I noted because it was interesting to see the way that Fives reacted to him and then the way that Rex came in right after that and is basically being sort of a diplomat between them. I mean, he's, it's just the way that this whole, I mean, the battles are amazing. The Like you said, the lighting is insane. The camera movement is insane but it's really the character moments that really shine in this it, to me in this episode more than anything because we learn so much about some of the ones that we've known and loved for a long time to me that's one of the things that i love about this series is i love character motivations i love learning more about these characters this one's top notch in that regard yeah this is a great episode for rex and a great episode for fives and you know we've always been fans of the episodes that focus on clones and so it makes sense that we're both a big fan of this one so before we do bring it in for a landing robbie we need to sum it up and give our ratings so after your third ever watch of darkness on umbara how did you like it and where does it sit on that four star robbie scale for me this one really stacks up as one of the best that we've watched so far I'm not sure if it's a four star, but I think I'm going to give it a three and three quarter stars because it's it's just one of my favorite episodes. I mean, amazing action, great character moments. The story is interesting to see our clones, our guys under someone else's leadership and how they react to that. It's just a great episode. It's one of my favorites. So yeah, three and three quarter. Yeah, I have it up there at 9 out of 10, Rob. It's one of the, I guess, I mean, I haven't really been making a ranking, but I would say this is a top five episode of the whole series that we've watched up to this date pretty comfortably. And, I mean, I didn't even need to sum up any more than that. We've said what we want to say on it. That's it. That's a 9 out of 10. Super solid. Just brilliant work all around, pretty much. And that's Mission Accomplished for Season 4, Episode 7, Darkness on Umbara. So, Robbie. Why don't you please let the troops out there know if they want to tell us how much they love Douglas Onambara, how can they reach us? Sure, we are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir, and of course the troops can join us again next time for the 74th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology, Season 4, Episode 8, The General. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we... Are out.
Remember, you can support Sending the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Pucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Pucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.